Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Today, I'm dressed all in black because the Bears officially eliminated from the playoffs after losing 21-13 to to the hated Packers in Week 15. I'm going to go through it all. I'm going to try not to cry into the microphone and electrocute myself. But first, let's talk about today's sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by 8sleep. Whether you are working hard or whether you ate a half rack of ribs, Popeyes, and half a French dip sandwich after the Bears lose and then take a sad nap, what better way than to get it through 8sleep? Let me tell you about the pod by 8sleep. The pod is a high-tech designed bed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness even after you eat a half rack of ribs. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. 40 million of those hours were actually sad Bears fans this season. The pod by 8sleep combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. What does it mean by that? That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm, which is kind of how it goes in my house, but flip it. Now you can have both those at the same time. It's a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world and its challenges. You can try the pod right now for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, we will refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup. How simple is that? All you got to do is just sleep on the thing and order it now. They've already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. Make it happen now and for a limited time. And guys, a week before the holidays, you can still get this done. Get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com slash pro. That's 8, the number, E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com slash pro. 8sleep.com slash pro. Let's hit the podcast. So the Bears season is over at the hands of Dark Lord Rogers and the Packers in a season that is probably as frustrating as I can remember. I mean, we're going back to the Trestman era when we thought their offense was going to dominate the league. The first couple of years that Cuddy came onto the team, even far back to when Sexy Rexy took us to the Super Bowl, and then that next year crapped the bed. This ranks right up there. The Bears lose 21-13 to to the Packers in honestly a really ugly, ugly game. And I want to start off with this real quick, and I know it's a cliche, but let's kind of walk ourselves through it and see if we can kind of come out the other end and realize where this Bears team needs to go, not just in these final two games, but moving forward into the offseason and next year. So the cliche you hear all the time in the NFL is that it is a game of inches. And yesterday's loss had so many moments that could have completely changed the outcome of the game. And in a game that the Bears didn't play very well, it still came down to all these different moments, all these different little inches. And it started off on the second or third drive of the game, the Packers, uh, the Bears punted the ball. Bears came down. Cordero Patterson timed it up perfectly, cracked the punt returner. Ball fumble, ball out. Bears get the ball, think that they're in business. Suddenly, a penalty flag comes onto the field. Just an awful call about a phantom fair catch situation that never happened. And they rewarded the Packers the ball back. They went down. They scored a touchdown. That was the first one. How many times did we fail on fourth down yesterday? My goodness, I know there were fourth and six, fourth and seven. I know it was cold. The ball is hard. It's heavy. We said it in last week's pod with Dave Spoli that, you know, field goals were going to be probably at a minimum because the range was probably going to also be at a minimum. And 
you know, failing on fourth down, you got to at least try and convert on one, two of those. And that just did not happen, even though we had success on third down. Go back to that fourth down play in the red zone. Trubisky scrambling, gets to the corner, connects with Cordero Patterson on, I believe, the one or two yard line, and they call him out of bounds. Challenge play, I mean, it looked it looked dubious. I think on the field you got to make that a catch, and then you deal with that later. I don't think his foot was on the white personally, as you can see when he kicked up. There was dirt on the ground, but none of it took out any of the white part. I thought that that was a catch. Another thing of inches. The Aaron Rodgers fumble in the second half. When you go back and look at the replay, and I get it, that's why we have replay. They got the call right in this instance, but his forearm hits the ground the second the ball, milliseconds later the ball becomes to get loose. And then, of course, the final play of the game, which was insane. Um, if anyone's giving Jesper Horstead a hard time for failing to see a lateral play, I think you have bigger problems as Bears fans. I mean, what an incredible play. You know, you could knock Tariq Cohen for not, uh, you know, for not connecting on that pass. Trubisky had to kind of go down and get it, and it slowed him down. Could Trubisky have scored on that play? Who knows? Who cares? The Bears lose. They're seven and seven. You know, these final two games, we'll see what happens. Obviously, we're going to come back. And we're going to take a look at some betting angles. Um, but that's the deal, right? Packers cover. Fortunately, we were wrong about that last week. In a game where the Bears put up more yards than the Packers, Bears had 415 yards in that game. Packers only had 292. Granted, they were playing from behind the whole time, but I thought at times Trubisky was able to kind of move the ball, and it's just so many of these losses have kind of just felt this way this season. It's really been a sickening year. From, obviously, the first game, I don't think we deserve to win. But that Raiders game, we sure deserve to win. And the defense, that 95-yard drive to give it up in London... To give away the lead like that, that was crushing. The Eddie Pinero game, missing the field goal against the Chargers, that was another one. The absolute no-show in the first half against Philadelphia. And then they had to come all the way back and also come up short. And here's what you're saying to yourself. There's two ways to look at this. The optimist side, and I'm always going to be an optimist. That is that is my bag, baby. That's how I roll. I'm going to always root for my teams and think the best for them. But i got to be honest with you. We're talking about this as a game of inches. All these plays, a little bit here, a little bit there. You make a field goal. You get a win. We should be 9-5, and five, blah, blah, blah. Just because you're inches short, Bears fans, don't fool yourselves that this team is truly close. You know, think of it like this. If it's fourth and inches at the 50-yard line, you are so close to your first down, but you're still 50 yards away from a touchdown. And heading into the offseason, we have to look at it like this. Sure, we were 12-4. and four. We came back. We brought the exact same team back. And the results were different because of a few things that didn't go a certain way. The ball bounced differently this year. Well, here's what I would say to you is just because you're inches away, you got to work extra hard in the offseason to be yards ahead of those inches. Those inches are still going to come up in football and they're still going to take even some of the best teams sometimes out of the mix just because that's just how life rolls. But the idea is to plan ahead to be so far ahead of the curve. So you can survive some of those inches. So you don't have to play that type of football. And again, it goes back to a lot of what Matt Nagy's coaching style has been like this season, which from the first week I wasn't super jacked about. And as the time went on, I still have a lot of questions. And I think the main question to really wrap my head around is, Everyone's like, do we have an offensive identity, offensive identity? I'm not really sure we have the answer to that. But my bigger question is, 
Nagy's Achilles heel is he is an awful play caller when the Bears are from behind. As you could see yesterday, 53 pass attempts from Trubisky. Now, I get it. When you get down 21-3 to at some point, you just got to start throwing the rock and hope that it happens. But even in the earlier stages of the game, when we play from behind, we look like a completely different team. Even if we're up 3 to nothing, our, our energy, our confidence in our play calls, in the conviction and how we execute those plays is vastly different from when we were losing. And that's been a theme that's been going on all season long. And honestly, if we're going to go anywhere, if we're going to be having those Super Bowl expectations that we had beginning of the year, how crazy as it sounds now, at some point we are going to have to figure out how to maintain our composure. I like the fact that we continue to play hard football every single week for this team. But in-game, how do we kind of shore that up? And how are we able to take a 10-point deficit and come back and maybe win and have that confidence? How can we go down 10 to nothing in the first quarter of a game come back, stick with what we're good at, stick with our offensive philosophy, and continue to make plays. So let's just go to Mitch really quick. Obviously, some positives and negatives in the game. He did not play as well as he did against the Cowboys. That is very fair, but you got to give the kid credit. He keeps coming. He never gives up. I do think he made some really interesting uh, plays out of the pocket. I mean, it's a broken record. When he is on the move and when he is scrambling and when the field's kind of broken down and nothing's really structured or set, that's where Trubisky thrives. And honestly, he had some fantastic throws. He had some arm angles that were very Mahomes-like. Perhaps the only time we're going to be able to compare Trubisky to Mahomes other than the fact that they play each other next week. But he had some really interesting arm angles to complete some passes Fit some balls into some awfully tight windows. I guess we could play the game of whether those should be intercepted or not. Guess what? They weren't. And to be fair, if you if you missed the game and you didn't see the stat sheet and you say, oh, oh man, Trubisky threw two picks. Guess what? Both those picks, the first one was total bullshit. It was a it was a hail mary at the end of the first half, trying to make something. It was you know it was that field goal, the the eighty five foot. Three-point attempt with the buzzer that goes against your field goal percentage, but honestly doesn't really mean anything. The second interception, to be fair, you can kind of question Trubisky's decision-making, but at the end of the day, he was picked off by a defensive lineman who got his hands up and just plucked that thing right out of the air. And honestly, it was a great play, and sometimes that just happens. Even if he was making a bad decision with the football, the fact that he made that play in the fourth quarter when it mattered for the Packers was huge. We were driving, we, we were, we were kind of drum, drumming up confidence at the time, and that was, a huge, uh, that was a huge step back. Now again, the stuff that I didn't like. 53 pass attempts, my good friend Dave Raspoli, as he mentioned, when he goes over 31, the Bears do not have a high percentage chance of winning the football game. He was at 53 Bears fans, so all you need to know right there. A lot of bad back foot throws again. Something he's just got to get away with, get uh, get away from. I know that he's trying to make, make a play, and I know maybe he doesn't have the time to step into it. But I got news for you, Mr. Mitchell Trubisky. When you throw off your back foot, much like Jay Cutler, your results are not promising. The percentage of your successive uh, of your success making those passes is not very high, and. Also, I got to be honest, he also showed a little bit of on uh, on the rollouts when he's trying to make a play. At some point in your internal clock, you do have to say that this play isn't going to work and you got to throw it away. Again, he lost a couple of yards. I noticed he stepped out of bounds on one play when he easily could have thrown it away. 
um, you know, you just need to have some sort of mechanism, some sort of default in there that just says to yourself, hey, this play isn't working. It's time to just pick up the incompletion and move on. But at the end of the day, everyone wants to be mad at Mitch Trubisky and you know, I'm sure he's had a lot to do with what's going on with the offense this season. So has the coach. But the Bears are only averaging 18 points a game. That can't just be on the quarterback. There has to be other things that you have to look at and think about. And it pretty much goes across the board. We're going to talk about those just real quick. And then we're going to leave you. But first, we're going to talk about a word from our sponsor, my good friends, my bookie. I want to talk real quick about my book, you guys. Without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get on the action this weekend, next weekend, the rest of the football season. And then we've got basketball, we got hockey, and then who knows, maybe baseball will be back around in the spring. And there is one place, the best place for you to go. It's called my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little but win a lot, I suggest you try a parlay, especially in the NFL in these next couple of weeks when you got teams that are sitting starters and you got guys that are trying to earn some jobs. It's a great way to kind of take a look at all the different lines, package some teams together, and make some money. For instance, if you like a big favorite this weekend, that's one example. Parlays are perfect. They let you bet on multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So you can maybe pair Fitz Magic with perhaps a Mahomes against the Bears next week. We'll see how that works out. We'll get to that more later. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. I dare you to find out if there's more. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway. That means they will match it all the way up to $1,000. For example, you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Now we're talking. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie today, tomorrow, and this weekend. Bet, win, and get paid, my bookie. So where do we go from here, Bears fans? We got two games left. Obviously, we are going to watch our team win, lose, doesn't matter. Isn't really going to change our uh, draft position because we don't have a first-round pick. At this point, we're going to have two second rounders. What we're going to do with that is completely up in the air, but I have a few ideas of where to start. And it's funny because I've really enjoyed doing this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much if you've been listening from the first episode, which I highly doubt, but if you have, I'm right back where I was in the first game of the season, and it is the O-line sucks. The O-line sucks, and it needs to be completely overhauled. Now, every single person on the line needs to be replaced. No, I'm not saying that. But here's what I'm saying. I am sick and tired of the Bears drafting O-linemen with the tags of versatility and athleticism. Let me ask you a question, Bears fans. How many times did we actually see one of our guards pull out to the outside, we get the ball to Montgomery or David Cohn, and they hit the edge, and then they pop it upfield. Not many times, right? And when you're talking about athleticism among offense linemen, that's the first thing that they go to. Can he pull? Can he get out there? Can he get out there and move a block downfield? I got an idea for you. Instead of the James Daniels of the world, the Hironis Grassus of the world, these guys who are supposed to be lighter on their feet playing this new modern style of NFL football, can we get at least one nasty dude in there can we have one asshole now when we got Bobby Massey 
He was a country boy. He was big. He was nasty. He was mean. I get all that. But at the same time, he's battled injuries all season long, did not have a great first half of the season. And at this point, his money in contract is a situation where you could possibly move on from him and free up some extra cash. And I would probably recommend that we do that. I would love for us to go out there. You know, it is one thing to draft a quarter, uh, draft an offensive lineman, but we really need to go out and we need to spend money at that position. The time is now, Bears fans. Think about it like this. Look, we'll talk about Trubisky and the quarterback situation another day, but as of right now, Trubisky on the team next year will count towards $9.2 million on the cap. That is a very, very, very low number for your starting quarterback. And even if you did bring in a backup, maybe you're spending 5 or $6 million on him, so your quarterback position is taking about 15 to $16 million. Now is the time to strike. These next two seasons are the Bears' best chance to not only make the playoffs, but possibly win a Super Bowl. Yes, I said it, even after yesterday's loss, win a Super Bowl. If they can make the right moves. Khalil Mack, his numbers are down a little bit, especially in the impact play category. But you think you have to think that you have two prime, elite, top-shelf top shelf level years from Khalil Mack left. And then his still will be really good, but maybe his production will go down a little bit. Akeem Hicks, kind of the same story early 30s you're only going to get two more maybe elite years out of him tops now is the time to do it you have the ability to move some money around for example taylor gabriel i'm sorry man thank you for your service i'm worried about you the concussion thing continues to get worse you had two or three this season you still haven't made it back on the field i don't think you're on the team next season that's going to free up about four million dollars prince and mukamara i like you man you are solid. You are a good player. And honestly, you are a good dude. We like having you on the team, but your price tag is a little bit too high. That's another 6 or $7 million. There is a way to free up cash to make some moves in the offseason and, and focusing in on the offensive line. Just a guy to throw out there right now, Anthony Costanzo on Indianapolis. Big dude, nasty dude. We need someone in there that can actually just bring a little bit more of a fear. More of a bite, more of a push. And that has been the biggest problem that we've had all season long. Another thing, place we have to look, obviously, is the tight end. That's been gone over and over and over and over again. The good news is there are a lot of quality, interesting options that you can go out and spend some money on in the offseason. Austin Hooper comes to mind, who's having a career year. Hunter Henry, 25 years old, injured all the time, but talented and the exact kind of person that we need in Matt Nagy's offense. He is a Travis Kelsey type player if he can be healthy. And then there's guys like Tyler Eifert, some other dudes further down the trough. If you want to spend a little less money, bring Trey Burton back and see how it kind of works. To be fair, I'd love another wide receiver. I mean, Riley Ridley's improvement would be nice if Javon Wims comes back healthy. Sure. I really like what I've seen from Anthony Miller the last five games. Um, couple touchdowns over 30 receptions 389 yards off the top of my head I think that might, number might be wrong but I'm pretty close and another running back would kind of be nice because let's be honest Dave Montgomery whatever you want to say about him in his rookie season if we go into next year and Dave Montgomery gets hurt guess who our starting running back is Tariq Cohen and I have to be honest with you that will never ever ever work he is a Darren Sproles change of pace dude at best he cannot be the kind of guy that we should depend on for over 15 touches a game. 8 to 12, sure, I'm into it, but anything over that is a problem. So you have to look in that area, too, as well. On the defensive side of the ball, we have a decision with HaHa Clinton Dix to make. 
we have to extend Eddie Jackson if we decide to do that, which I think that we should, even though he himself also lacked an impact plays. And we have to make a decision on Danny Trevathan. Another guy we should make a decision on is Leonard Floyd. And I just don't think he's the answer. I think we've given him plenty of time. I think he has talent, but I don't think he's strong enough. And I think the problem is the nuances of pass rush nuances of the pass rush game have kind of befuddled him the last couple of years, and I think it's preventing him. If he doesn't have the strength, he needs to have the angles and the smarts to be able to use his speed to the best of his ability. And I just don't see it enough on a consistent basis. Another whiff, uh, first-round pick from Ryan Pace, sure, but I think it's time to move on. You also have to probably make a decision on Roy Robertson-Harris, who you've, we've liked a whole lot the past couple of seasons, a solid player, but also a restricted free agent, so he could get priced out, and they'll have to have a backup plan for that. So many things to take a look at. Just because the Bears finish 8-8 eight and eight and you go, well, this could have gone this way, this could have gone that way, or if you want to blame the whole season on Trubisky, Go right ahead, but I've got news for you. This team is further away than everyone thinks that it is. Just because they've lost a couple of games close here and there, nip-tuck, doesn't mean that we should settle for that status quo in the offseason. We need to move the chains literally past that to safeguard against those situations. So if Trubisky comes back next year and doesn't play super great, at least we have an offensive line where we could take the ball out of his hands and run the ball 25 times if we need to. And I got to be honest, if we get a solid offensive line, you might be surprised. Trubisky might actually be good. Just saying. Let's find out if it's possible, and then we can kind of take it from there. Those are my thoughts this week. Obviously, yesterday, I was super sad. I ate a lot of red meat yesterday, and I've kind of woken up a little bit clearer, and I just want to push it forward now. I don't want to get into this blame game of how do we lose the Packers game How do we lose to the Raiders? How do we lose to the Chargers? Blah, blah, blah. Now at this point, the Bears are who we thought they were. They're not making the playoffs. They're a mediocre football team. And now they need to figure out how to get back on top and get that edge. It's very doable. It's very possible. But they are going to have to make some changes. They are going to have to make some upgrades too as well if they think they're going to get back to that 12-4 and season there was two years ago. They can't just strap it back up. Go back out there and say, hey, we'll make better decisions. We'll make better play calls. We'll play a little bit harder. We'll get a little bit healthier. No. We got to look at everything. We got to improve at everything. Because if we do that, at the very baseline, we're an 8-8 eight and eight team. And with a 12-4 and four ceiling, if we can make some more improvements, those numbers can go up even further. And maybe, just maybe, we could be looking at the playoffs for the Bears again next season. Thank you so much for joining me in Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Believe Podcast Networks. And also check out all the other wonderful podcasts that they have going on on the site. Honestly, any of your interests, there is a good chance that the Believe Podcast Network has a podcast about it. So go ahead and check it out. Skim on through it. Thank you for listening to me. Again, this episode was brought to you by 8sleep and mybookie.com. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a real pleasure. We'll be back with some Bears and Chiefs later, and then we're going to start branching off and talking baseball, basketball, hockey, so on and so forth. Thanks for joining me. I will talk to you soon.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.